What is going on, everyone? Welcome into the Dynasty Pod. Today, we have got another good episode for you. We are going to be doing a little bit of an early buy-sell episode. You know, we've, we've got free agency coming up, but in the meantime, just coming fresh off the combine, smack dab in the middle here, we're going to do an early buy-sell just to kind of get a feel of, of some of the players you might want to be targeting that are kind of being forgotten, even though they shouldn't be, or, or some of the guys that are being a little overhyped right now that you can kind of capitalize on. So uh, how, how are we doing today, Sam? You you excited for, for all the things to come soon? You got free agency is going to be a big yeah. thing we got. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, free agency started today. We're recording this on Monday, March 13th. So the beginning of the tampering period was at noon today. Uh, you know, we'll be talking about most of the news in an upcoming episode, obviously. But, you know, I'm keeping an eye on who the, the Texans are going to pick up. I'm hoping we get a big center, big linebacker signing, hopefully, um, so we can use some of that draft capital on some filling some other holes. But it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, you know, um, Ravens obviously looking for a receiver. But maybe, you know, I think there's been some juju rumors uh, you know, I not, nobody particularly exciting in this receiver class, though. Yeah, the the Ravens right now are particularly just on Lamar watch, uh, as it's been. Yeah, the last basically year. just see what happens with it with Lamar. Ever ever since the the start of last year and the off season when they were talking about contracts, and uh, leading up to now, it's just been nothing but Lamar contracts, contracts, Lamar, and I just want that to be over with. But but we've talked about that enough mm, on yeah, previous episodes. Sure. So, but uh. The one thing we haven't talked about yet, Sam, and this was just a couple days ago, massive, massive shakeup in the draft. The Bears traded with the Carolina Panthers to get the number one overall pick. Or the, the Panthers traded with the Bears. So the Panthers currently now hold the number one overall pick. Uh, they gave up um, their pick this year, number nine, their 2024 uh, first-round pick. Their second pick, second round pick this year and next year. And then on top of that, DJ Moore is now a Chicago Bear. Justin Fields has his receiver one. So you go from a wide receiver core that is Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, and a couple up couple other guys, whether that be Nikhil Harry, Equinemius St. Brown, Demir Bird, Valus Jones, just a bunch of nobodies, really. What does this do for DJ Moore and Justin Fields' uh, fantasy value in your eyes? For one, um, I think you have to say it's good for Justin Fields. You know, I mean, this is clear action by the Bears staff to build around Justin Fields. They're, they're going after the Eagles model, right, of let's get – future picks in a future draft, like what the Eagles did with the Saints, to potentially go after a quarterback replacement if we need to. So they've set themselves up to go after somebody like Caleb Williams if they have another really bad season next year. Um, but they've given, they're, they're going to give Justin Fields every chance to succeed now. So, I mean, I don't think that this is necessarily now a top 10, even top 15 wide receiver core here with uh, DJ Moore, Mooney, and Chase Claypool. That's not an amazing receiver core, but it's certainly something to work with. I think it's probably middle of the NFL, you know, probably like your like 12 to 24 range. Uh, 
wide receiver core. So uh, I, I think it's great for Fields. I think as far as DJ Moore goes, um, it's hard to say for me. I mean, you're going from an offense where he put up, uh, you know, 1,000-yard seasons with combinations of Darnold and P.J. Walker and bro- and broken, busted old Cam Newton. Uh, so obviously, he was able to succeed there. Um, but then, you know, the, the, the Bears were such a run-heavy offense last year. Uh, and he is going to have a little bit more competition for targets. Uh, we've seen the Fields to Mooney connection. Like, Fields really likes throwing to Mooney. So, you know, is that going to continue? Is it, or is it going to be a 1A, 1B there? Or is he going to really just begin to focus on DJ Moore? So I, I have question marks on whether it's a up or down for DJ Moore. Probably overall just kind of the same, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree in a sense where, I mean, DJ Moore, like you said, 1,000-yard receiver. But his main ripe with fantasy was that he never scored yeah. touchdowns you know he was always at that you know that exactly four mark you know he was constantly getting four touchdowns we'll see i think there is a emphasis for the bears now to make dj more work he will be their main guy so i think if there's a the biggest loser in this is 100 percent chase claypool um if you if you have chase claypool and you were hoping for something i I don't know what to tell you because you're not going to be able to trade him. Yeah. You're going to you're going to be kind of stuck with him, and I, I just don't really see fantasy value in Claypool. But I think it's good for the Bears because I think he was most successful for the Steelers as a gadget guy, red zone target type of weapon. You know, which they can feel free to use him as now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's going to be uh, he's not going to be like uh, somebody they really funnel the offense through or anything. Yeah, and I, I think overall, I think I would say this is good for Mooney, too. Uh, it gets a little bit of the pressure off of him. You know, some mm-hmm. receivers are just absolutely incredible as, like, a high-end number two as opposed to being mm-hmm. the guy. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, Mooney definitely He's not going to have the number one corner on him. Yeah, I think he fits that role really well. So I could see Mooney also just being a value next year. Um, because of DJ Moore soaking up some of that, the looks from defenses. But definitely Justin Fields is a, a winner coming out of this because it's they are, like you said, the biggest thing we were talking about last year was how they didn't do anything for him. Like, they essentially set him up to fail. Yeah. And now, similar to the Philadelphia situation, almost to a T, whereas, you know, A.J. Brown, much better receiver than DJ Moore, in my opinion, but they are doing things to try and see if he works. You know, they're going to give him Mm -hmm. a good go. and They're doing the best they can, at least, yeah. But that does give me some concern because if Justin Fields can't make it work this year, very, it it, it is very much mirrored to Philadelphia because the biggest thing we were all saying was that Jalen Hurts could be gone after the year, and who knows what happens to him after that. And obviously Jalen Hurts comes out, has an unbelievable year. Just, you know, number two in MVP, in the MVP race. And I don't see it from Justin Fields. I I can't, you know, Jalen Hurts showed that he was able to progress throughout. And for, for Justin Fields, I just haven't seen that passing progression year after year. 
even from year one to year two. So it's it's tough for me to be fully in on Justin Fields still. Um, but as we got closer into last season, I was much higher on the Eagles and Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. So maybe this year will be the same for me with the Bears because we'll, we'll have to see what they do going forward, especially with free agency, how they do with the offensive line and the draft, and we'll see if they get even more guys. But I think for now, definitely middle of the, the pack, solid weapons. But that leaves the question for the Panthers, Sam. When they draft their quarterback at one, are you worried that they're not going to have anyone to throw to? Because right now you've got Terrace Marshall and LaVisca Chennault. I think that's something that I've always been a huge proponent of, that I think the number one uh, marker for success for rookie quarterbacks is landing spot. You know, I think uh, quarterback being set up for success is the most important thing to whether or not they will succeed or not. Not necessarily even above like talent or uh, rise score or draft capital or anything like that. Um, so it's going to be difficult, I think, for the Panthers. But all that being said, like I think this is a coaching staff that is set up for success. To, so I think that that's a positive thing. You know, um, but and and you could see potentially uh, a situation where uh, they build around uh, a rookie quarterback over the coming years. You know, and so. Maybe, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely am concerned. I, I think that it's a big question mark right now, for sure. And I think that's a big reason why it's probably best for the Panthers, in my opinion, to go after CJ Stroud, because I think with the situation they have, they need to take the safest quarterback on the board, uh, which in my opinion, I think CJ Stroud has the highest four. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think he has the lowest ceiling <laughs> out of all the quarterbacks on the board, it, just in my opinion. Now, I know some people might think he has a higher ceiling. And you do see a, you do see glimpses of that ceiling uh, in, like, the Georgia game last year. You know, like, that that ceiling is, uh, I think, so, you know, I, I don't think it's that much lower than the other guys necessarily. But, um, yeah, because of that, I think, that's probably who they should. And based on what we're hearing from the NFL, will take, though. You know, there's been rumors that they want to trade down to two with the Texans. To me, that's just them trying to recover a little bit of draft capital after spending everything they did to get to one. But in my opinion, how, how do you spend all of that to get to one without – and then be willing to trade right back to down to two and take one or two guys? I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I I share a very similar take to, um, I know me and you both are are avid enjoyers of the NFL Stock Exchange, Um, Mm, Trev and Connor over there doing good work, but they were talking about how the NFL just likes to keep the number one overall pick as mysterious as possible um, for entertainment purposes, (laughs) even though we all knew it was, you know, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray especially was, you know, clear and obvious, the the number one pick. And they were still, you know, oh, who we might trade back. We might go after a different guy. But it's all for show. To me, I don't know for 100% that it is C.J. Stroud. I would take a guess and say it's, for me, either C.J. Stroud or maybe Richardson. 
but I, I don't know. And Bryce Young still could be in play. I would say for 100%, it's not Levis. You're not going to trade up to the number one pick to get Levis. But um, right now, if I was a betting man, I would go CJ Stroud. But we just we don't fully know yet. And we won't. Yeah, it feels unlikely that they'll go Bryce Young just because Reich has come out and said that he is concerned about Bryce Young's size. He said that at the combine. If you look at every quarterback that Reich's had, size has been a major, uh, you know, factor between every quarterback that Frank Reich has coached. So it just seems unlikely that Frank Reich is going to get behind, like that he could get excited about Bryce Young. Yeah. Uh, We've already seen Josh McCown gushing uh, about, you know, CJ mm. Stroud for an hour, you know, on yeah. YouTube. So, uh, and he's the new quarterback coach there. So, yeah, all signs seem to point for CJ Stroud. I agree with you. I, and I like, I like, I think you said it perfectly. You know, you just got to keep an air of mystery around it, right? Uh, and it just feels wrong for everybody to know who you're going to take. So, yeah. I, I'm not as worried um, as most people say. There's still time in free agency for them to get someone like a DJ Chark or an Adam Thielen, you know, someone like that to kind of make the receiver room look a little bit better, maybe take a guy later in the draft. They still have some of their later picks. So we'll just have to see going into, you know, training camp and and what their situation looks like. Um, But for sure, if they don't really address it at all, it could be a problem for whoever, you know, if CJ Stroud goes there and they don't do anything, you know, when you get to those later rookie drafts in the year, even though I know a lot of people do them, you know, close to the draft after it's done, um, maybe you do go with like a Bryce Young or or Richardson if he goes to a good spot. But it, it will be interesting to see. But until then, we just have to kind of wait. But that being said, let's move into the meat and potatoes of the episode are buy sells. We've each got three buys and three sells here for you. And whether it's some of the bigger names or some of the more slept on names, for instance, Sam, I know you've got a little bit more out there names. I have a little bit of the bigger names that are kind of being forgotten right now as to what it seems like. So I'll, I'll just kick us off here. My first buy is Javante Williams. And I know Javante Williams seemingly, oh, Javante Williams, young running back, even though he got hurt, he's still young. A lot of people want him in Dynasty. I haven't really heard much about Javante. The Javante hype train was almost out of control, you know, last year and in his rookie season. And then after he got injured and now after the season's over, I'm not hearing anything about Javante because a lot of people are expecting that they're going to bring, you know, whether that be through draft or one of the bigger free agents like a Kareem Hunt. I just, I don't know. I'm not too worried. Melvin Gordon's gone. That was the the big, you know, negative for Javante Williams. He was siphoning the uh, the carries and the goal line and and some of that. So Melvin Gordon's gone. Obviously, Javante, we don't know exactly what's going on with his health, so he might not start the year. But still, we're talking dynasty here, and I still really like the talent. This is a guy who had 75. He's had 75 targets so far in his career, which is really good for a running back. 
um, who's played essentially one year in, in three games, I, I think it was. I don't know how many he played in last year, but... So the, the big thing, I, I went back and I looked up. Sean Payton, now the current head coach of the Broncos, he's a pretty smart guy. And if Russell Wilson can't take that next big step up or take the step back up to where he previously was, they're going to have to rely on the run game. And in the last three out of his four years, the Saints were a top seven uh, team in rushing attempts. So Sean Payton is a guy who likes to run the ball. And the one year that they didn't was the year that Michael Thomas was just getting an absurd amount of targets. So I, I see this as a run heavier team. Um, we'll talk about it more on the free agents, uh, the free agency episode, but they've already made a decent amount of moves towards their offensive line, which I like. So I just see nothing but kind of ceiling. And I think people are scared about the injury to gamble, but I think you're going to get one of the top guys if he can come back and, and look better than, better than ever when he comes back from injury. Yeah, I think that's uh you know, that's a strategy that I've often employed, I think, is going after injured running backs. Um, now, it kind of burned me a little bit when I because I had a lot of J.K. Dobbins shares. So I think that's probably your concern is does he come back and have a little bit of a solar start somewhere to somebody like J.K. Dobbins. So, um, but that's what makes him a buy, right? If, it, if he was already at his peak value, then he wouldn't be available. So so I totally get what you're saying there. I, I like that pick. I'm going to stick to the Denver Broncos. And uh, my buy is going to be Russell Wilson. Uh, this is somebody that I, I have been going after in, in my various leagues. Somebody I've been trying to trade for just because I, I, I think for a few reasons. One, he's only 34 years old, which... Uh, Relatively young for quarterbacks. I think he can have five or six more years. He has, what, five years left on his contract for the Broncos. So he's going to be there at least that long. Um, I think if you look at his season last year, after Nathaniel Hackett was fired, he had two QB1 games, even just last year. Um, you know, we remember him as playing pretty poorly last year, but towards the end of the season, he really started to play a lot better. Uh, notably after Hackett was fired. I think Sean Payton coming in is going to be even a bigger upgrade over just having an interim last year. Sean Payton's also cracking down on a lot of the, um, you know, shenanigans that Russ was up to, like bringing guys in on, on their day off and having his own private QB coach. And I think that'll help him, you know, just to be in a more rigorous system. Uh, I think he has elite receiving weapons. I think having Javante back will help the passing game to have a legitimate running threat with Javante. Um, I think Sutton, if he comes back to the Broncos, will be another year removed from that ACL injury. So I think he'll be a lot better. Um, so anyways, overall, I mean, Russell Wilson is a Hall of Fame potential quarterback. I mean, let, let's face it, you know? Um, so it's just a question of do you believe that he fell off completely and he's done or do you think he can get back to the level I think it's worth taking a shot on if he can get back to the level you know I think he's probably worth like a second round pick or something which if you're playing in super flex 
you know, that's uh, pretty cheap for a startable quarterback option. So I know that that might not be a popular opinion. I think a lot of people are kind of backing off of Russell Wilson, but he's somebody that I'm interested in, uh, you know, bringing in, especially if he's available at a reasonable price. Well, I think that's the biggest thing, right, is that, that he will be available for a reasonable price. You know, I mean, it was so bad last year that that a lot of people are kind of burnt by him, and they, they're just willing to get mm-hmm. rid of him, you know, if you can offer anything reasonable. So I, I do I do think that's interesting. Are you worried at all with any of the reports saying that they're shopping either Judy or Sutton? Yeah, I, no, I definitely. I will say... I think I'd be less worried if they got rid of Sutton just because, to be quite honest, Sutton didn't do much last year. (laughs) So I think keeping the guy that he had a connection with, with Judy, is important. Um, And I think having Javante back is more helpful than... I think like having Javante back, losing Sutton, you're still... That's a a game. That's a positive game for that offense to have a a strong winning game. So I'm not super worried. If... I, I think I'd be more worried if they moved on from Judy, though, because I, I, I do want there to be, like, some consistency mm-hmm. in that offense. That's right. I think it's more realistic that they would uh, ship off Sutton anyway before they did with Judy. Yeah. So, oh, I like the pick. All right. Next up, we'll switch it over to Sells here. And my first one here is Ramondre Stevenson of the New England Patriots. And... Listen, I like Ramondre. I think Ramondre is a good player, but I think we gotta we gotta look at the helmet he plays for, New England Patriots. Often the uh, the ill-willed Bill Belichick uh, does not like having uh, fantasy running backs for New England, and Damian Harris had his time in the sun for for a year or two was really good for fantasy and then eh, not so much anymore and i i just have a hard time believing with ramondre stevenson who is a older this is his year three now uh going in he's gonna be 25 years old so we're already a little bit older for a, a running back that's only been in the league for as long as he has and i could see them bringing in just another guy to kind of muddy the waters and as I think the reason why people liked Stevenson a lot last year was because of his consistency, but he was never really the guy that would give you a lot of great games. You know, he would give you a lot of receptions, so a very good PPR back, um, but it was a lot of dump offs. So with them changing up now from going to completely you know, negligent coaching and Matt Patricia as their offensive coordinator to less negligent coaching from Bill O'Brien. I don't know how, how much less negligent that's up to you, Sam, as the, uh, right. the Texans fan, but, um, <laughs> still it can't get worse. He's a, he's so. a good coach. He's just a terrible GM. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly. So, but I just, I don't know. I find it tough. I think, you can sell him high too. That's another reason why I have him here. You know, he's a yeah, quote unquote absolutely. younger running back. You know, 
he hasn't been in the league too long, so people like to equate that to, oh, he's still going to be valuable and good. He's 25, so he might have like two more years left in him, but also the fact that it's the Patriots, maybe he has one good year left in him. And then, you know, they kind of just don't use him anymore. So just mixed with the fact that I think you can sell him for, for like an early second, maybe a late first package with other stuff. And you can kind of get yourself a better running back long-term in this year's draft because it's so deep. That's what I would recommend with Stevenson. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I think you tried to sell me Stevenson <laughs> at one point, you know, and I, no, I completely agree with you. I just don't have a lot of confidence in any Patriots running back. You know, I think we felt confident in Damian Harris at one point. We felt confident in, and then, you know, I can't even remember who came before that because, uh, you know, I mean, it's just how Patriots running backs go. So wouldn't be surprised if they brought Sony somebody Michelle. else in, like you said. Sony, oh yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm like completely forgotten about Sony Michelle. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, that's just how it works. You know, you'll have two good years of them and then move on. So I think it's smart to recognize that you have a shorter window with Patriots running backs than anywhere else, at least as long as Bill, as, um, Bill Belichick is there. So, um, yeah, I love that one, that sell. He'd be on my sell list as well. I'm going to stick to running back. Uh, and I'm going to go with another uh, running back, you know, uh, connected to the Patriots in that he played with Tom Brady, Rashad White. Uh, you know, <laughs> trying to segue there. Um, the reason I'm, I'm saying Rashad White is because I think that his value is really spiked with the news that Leonard Fournette is going to be cut. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are saying, man, it's Rashad White's season. Like, you know, Rashad White, SZN, like, let's go. Like, everyone's getting psyched <laughs> about Rashad White. Uh, similar to how they got psyched about Ronald Jones. Similar to how they got psyched about Keyshawn Vaughn. Now, what happened with those guys? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and granted, like, the coaching staff has changed up a bit. So I, I, maybe you don't want to draw the parallel directly to, to Vaughn and, and, um, and to uh, Ronald Jones. But still, I mean, if we just look at his stats last year uh, for Rashad White, uh, only averaged 3.7 yards per carry. It wasn't particularly impressive on the ground uh, because even going into the draft, we knew that Rashad White was best at catching passes. You know, this is a reliable third down back who can do some, but I don't think anybody was predicting that this was going to be like a workhorse back. And for that reason, I, I'm relatively confident that the Bucks are either going to draft a running back with a high pick, like one of the top three or four running backs, or bring in somebody like David Montgomery or Kareem Hunt or one of the bigger name free agents. I don't think that they're going to turn this into a committee that Rashad White is leading. Uh, and so, you know, maybe that's just a bit of a prediction based on past behavior by that franchise. That's what they've done. That's what they did when they brought in Fournette. You know, and when people got excited about Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, so, but that's kind of my prediction. Uh, and so I would be looking to sell Rashad White, especially now that his, uh, you know, his status has peaked a little bit after winning the court cut for now. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't, 
I could very much envision a world where Rashad White is fully 50-50 with either a free agent that they sign or with a running back that they draft. You know, I, I don't think that it's it's 100% guaranteed. What we saw out of him was, was decent last year, but nothing that really showed that he would take over that room. So definitely expect him to bring in someone, whether the, the talent is there enough to siphon enough targets away to where he, he's not as fantasy relevant. That's a different question, but see that's the problem though. That's that's offense is also going to be bad. I, I should have mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's another reason I want to sell is this offense isn't going to be good. You know, yeah. main point like, number one. Kyle if he's Trask. the pass catching back for Kyle Trask, like I'm, <laughs> I'm still not excited about that. So like, it's like even if he splits it fifty fifty, I'm not sure. Uh, Anyways, I don't know. So. I, we've heard rumors maybe Baker Mayfield or Drew Locke possibly. <laughs> So that, those guys could, <laughs> right? Any, I mean, any of them tickle the point even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I think that being said, the the Bucks are on trajectory to to be tanking for one of the top quarterbacks. <laughs> I think they've made that very clear when they said we'll give Kyle Trask a good go this year. You know, and so, so <laughs> yeah. they've kind of showed exactly what the Texans said last year about Mills is we really like, you know, we really like David Mills. We think he's, <laughs> it's like, that means we're tanking. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you've given me a, a much easier transition here. We'll just stick with the Buccaneers and I'll go with uh, one of my, excellent. and I'll go with one of my buys here and it's Chris Godwin and Let's kind of erase what we just said with with the whole Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, Drew Locke thing. Um, don't focus on that because focus on the second part of what I said, where they might get <laughs> one of the top quarterbacks. And, you know, the more I was looking at it and I was thinking of how this team was going to go in the future, um, you know, we thought maybe they would ship away either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin this year. And... Either one of two things happens here, or a couple of multiple things, but they both stay on this roster the whole year for next year, and then the year after that, Mike Evans is another year older, and if you have to choose between one of those two guys, you're going to choose Chris Godwin, the younger guy, to keep uh, and build you know your franchise around with your young quarterback and have him as the leading receiver there. So I like that option. Option number two is they trade Mike Evans away earlier before the season starts or during the trade deadline. And then Chris Godwin's the only guy there and he's going to be a volume machine and will just have pure fantasy value that way. And then option number three is they trade Chris Godwin away. And if they do, then he'll dodge the, the Kyle Trask bullet. So I think right. all three yeah. situations for me, I'm okay with, you know, when I see the future outcome of Chris Godwin, um, this is a guy who he's posted three 1000 yard seasons. You know, I think you can kind of question whether his volume was because that was just kind of the, the guy Tom Brady liked the most, but we even we saw it when when he was with Jameis Winston and the talent is there. You know, I just really like Chris Godwin as a player. I think he's not being talked about enough. I think he was being undervalued last year coming in. I think he's going to be undervalued this year again. So Chris Godwin is just a, a player that I like that seemingly year after year people aren't as high on. So this is a guy I'm going to keep buying year in year out until until people catch up or until I just get proven wrong. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I've I've bought Chris Godwin um, in one of my leagues already this year, so I, I'm on board with that. He's only 27, you know, and uh, even if, I mean, honestly, like even if Kyle Trask is starting, I still still think Chris Godwin's going to get funneled a, a large number of targets, you know, like so. I don't. I think he'll still be okay, you know, this year, and then. You know, if they bring in Caleb Williams or something next year, something to be excited about. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so I'll stick to the receiver position for uh, for my buy. And I'm going to go with uh, Kadarius Tony. So Kadarius Tony, another another player I've been looking to buy across multiple leagues if I haven't didn't buy him last year already. Uh, I think... When he came in last year with the Chiefs, some people might have been a little underwhelmed by what he was able to do, which I think has kept his value relatively low, even though, you know, at first I think people thought, hey, like, you know, Tony, Kadarius Tony with the Chiefs, like, what a combination. But he didn't do a ton. Now, and then there was all of the injuries that you saw with the Giants, right? Not being able to fully come off of that hamstring injury. So... I think his value is pretty low right now, but there's been reports coming out of the offseason that they plan to really use Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore a lot more next year. I think Juju's a good chance that Juju's not there anymore. Uh, Miko Hardman is also a free agent. Uh, I think the only person coming back from that receiver core is going to be MVS. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think, and we saw what Kadarius Tony could do. Granted, it was one amazing brilliant you know burst of fire game with uh the, with the giants you know and he immediately got injured for like the rest of his time there but we do saw believe also i mean he's just was so ejected, dynamic what's up was ejected that game yeah he's from that game for punching <laughs> yeah. a guy in the helmet <laughs> from that game that he yeah. scored like 30 fantasy points then uh, but i mean he just impossible to tackle in the open field uh so I think the upside is there for his price right now, which is I think he's still pretty affordable. So, yeah, I I would say the only concern I have is that they could bring in you know another veteran through free agency. They could draft someone, and then you've kind of got that you know who's it going to be this week kind of thing that happened last year that sure. can happen again this year with Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, MVS, and whoever they bring in. So that's where. You know, you definitely, it is kind of like, uh, this is your guy, you believe in him. Kind of like people were saying Juju well, is the guy, or MVS is the yeah. guy. I mean, I think no, it was for sure. a little bit more spread out, and you didn't really see great fantasy value. But once again, this is a guy that you're not going to be paying a premium for. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, I think another positive is, uh, let's be real, the guy is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. is getting older with every year as we go on now. And it, when they move on from from Travis Kelsey, the targets that are vacated are going to be massive. Um, and so, you know, I don't think that's coming like next year, but it might come in the next two to three years. So I'm willing to buy a young player on that team. Uh, yeah, so Was I think I'm... that they eventually are going to invest in one of these young guys. Now, I don't know if it's going to be Tony. It might be Sky Moore. It might be somebody they draft this year. But I think they're going to, Choose one of these guys to go to the, go into the future with. I'm I'm done saying that Kelsey's getting older because 
I mean, we keep saying that year in, year yeah, out. Sure. He's still the tight end one. And and also his brother, Jason Kelsey, is, you know, even older than he is, and he's still playing at an elite level and playing for another year again. So, but, but yeah, no, I definitely, mean, definitely see where you're coming from. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think there's definitely the thought of, like, is he going to have, like, a Tony Gonzalez type year. Tony Gonzalez played until he was like, he was like a tight end one until he was like 36 or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he is kind of approaching, uh, you know, if we want to look at another tight end that played into his late 30s, we could look at Jason Winton, for example, you know, and Jason Winton, after his age 32 season, started to tail off significantly, you yeah. know? Uh, and so, uh, and Kelsey's hitting about that age, um, you know, so. It's just, it, it, I mean, it's certainly possible that he's Tony Gonzalez and he plays till he's 36, but I think, um, you know. Yeah, what, what I heard from that that's, was... That would certainly be an outlier, right? So, and he, he is an outlier. So He has a 50% chance of playing phenomenal football until he's 36, or he's got a 50% chance of, you know, falling off and then going into the NFL booth for a year, broadcasting, and then being terrible at it, and then quitting <laughs> like honestly that feels about that's about like how i feel about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no. i and, do kind of feel like it's one it's 50 50 between those two <laughs> and, yeah, and to put a ribbon on Kadarius tony for you it, there's no better coach for him to have yeah. than andy reed Definitely. you know with what they do so all right my last guy here my buy Another bigger name. You've got some of the smaller names here. I've got Brandon Ayuk. I think people are sleeping on Brandon Ayuk. Now, aside from from his doghouse season, you know the the outlier where, you know, Kyle Shanahan wasn't wasn't as pleased with with the way Brandon Ayuk came into his second season, but he kind of turned it around later in the year, and this third season played really well. Brandon Ayuk. Averaging 100 targets, or 98 targets, almost 100 targets a year. Averaging 64 receptions. He had a thousand, he broke a thousand yards last year. So he's been trajecting up. And uh, he had a 27% red zone target share for this offense. And now, I think the biggest question mark here is the quarterback. But we've seen we've seen him have success with Jimmy Garoppolo we've seen him have success with Brock Purdy I'm sure they'll make it work with if Trey Lance is the starter you know whoever it is I'm I'm sure that in this Kyle Shanahan system it's gonna work and listen I like Debo as a player I do Debo had a breakout year two years ago which was also when Brandon Ayuk was getting doghoused you know and then this year this past year Debo Samuel regressed a little bit you know it wasn't as good also dealt with some injury but didn't play on that same level as everyone expected before there could be a correlation between you know how much Brandon Ayuk sees the field and I, I think it went back to more of that 50-50. You know, I think a couple of years ago they were going in being drafted near the same place. Obviously, Debo worked out better. But I think it is pretty close. And this is a guy, first-round talent, 
you know, going into his fourth year, still young, just a player I really like. So, especially in an offense that's just proven that, you know, they'll score. You know, they'll score points no matter who the quarterback is. They'll scheme up stuff, and and it'll be a, a creative offense. So, I'm not as worried about the quarterback situation going into the year. Whatever happens, happens. It's worked before, but, I mean, I just think no one's talking about Ayuk. You know, everyone's talking about Debo. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I love that. Uh, I have Ayuk in so many leagues, so I, I love that you, that you got that opinion of him. Um, yeah, I completely agree there. Uh, and I think also Debo uh, just struggles to stay healthy, in my opinion. So I, I just think, yeah. you know, it just creates more opportunity for Ayuk. Uh, and, and I'll Kittle. go with my last buy. Kittle to accept. Yeah, and Kittle. They, he also does. And Ayuk has been, you know, as long as he's not in the doghouse, he's he's been out there on the field. So. Yeah. And, the, I mean, it was the uh, the one year. So, there, and last year he was perfectly fine. So, nothing to yeah. really show that that's going to happen again. So, No, for sure. I think he's figured it out. What about, are, are you worried at all about the quarterback situation? Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, obviously, he looked really good with Purdy, but yeah, like I said, I I just think that it'll it'll work regardless because they they found out you know Jimmy G, Purdy, Trey Lance, Nick Mullen, you know whoever gets plugged into that Shanahan system, yeah, it, just it inherently works, looks for good sure. for sure. So even Sam Darnold, I mean Sam <laughs> Darnold's the starter there now, so yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit more on. No, 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 no. We're just kidding because somebody in our league thinks that yeah, Sam yeah. Darnold's going to be the starter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to make sure that I, I don't put that into the world on this podcast and people <laughs> think that's my opinion. Um, Sam okay, Darnold I'll go with my last buy. Yeah, exactly. My last buy is uh, Kenneth Gainwell. And so this is interesting because I think this is actually a situation that really mirrors Rashad White. And so you might be saying, you know, okay, well... Why are you pro Kenneth Gainwell and then anti Rashad White? But uh, Kenneth Gainwell, you know, he's in a situation where Miles Sanders is going to be a free is is a free agent, you know, so um, potential for Miles Sanders to go elsewhere. But I think, and and then there's also a big chance that Miles Sanders comes back. But ultimately, my opinion of Kenneth Gainwell is just I've heard from the team, you know, that they love Kenneth Gainwell. We saw his usage increase throughout the year last year. He had a great game in the Super Bowl, played great all throughout the playoffs. And I think that he's proven that he's somebody who's maybe not going to be a starter there, though I think it's a possibility. You know, I think it's a possibility that they don't draft a running back, they don't take Bijan or Gibbs like they've been mocked to. Um, or Miles Sanders comes back and it's more of a true timeshare than it has been over the past couple of years. I think regardless, though, he's going to be used. I also think Kenneth Gainwell can be gotten for a lot cheaper than Rashad White, who I think the hype is way up on right now. I think Kenneth Gainwell has gone really under the radar. People have been disappointed with what he's done. Uh, but I do think there's really brighter days ahead for him. I think he's really positioned to to kind of like, you know, A.J. Dillon, where it's like and has ascended over years to be somebody who's really like guaranteed to get at least half of that backfield at this point. So it's to me... I think Rashad White and Kenneth Gainwell are probably even as far as their actual outcomes for next year. But I think like the hype on Rashad White is way up, and I think that Kenneth Gainwell is very 
very viable right now. So that's kind of the reason for that. Yeah. Yeah, and then for my two cells here, I'll, I'll kind of rattle off my first one and then let you go. Um, but for me, Brian Robinson is a cell. And kind of like the my not like my other guys where it's you know value or you know being able to buy these guys for cheaper than what they would be or selling them because they're being hyped up right now i think brian robinson is not necessarily being as hyped up but i think that it's possible that this is going to be the highest you can sell on robinson because there's just there's a, a decent chance that he's going to go out next year and look mediocre and mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to sell him next year um, and then he's going to get replaced sooner rather than later because this is yeah, a, yeah, a, fourth, sure. a fourth round talent. You know, he's still sharing a backfield with Antonio Gibson. And listen, I get it. Brian Robinson was a, a really good feel good story, you know, going into the NFL last year. You know, he gets shot in a mugging and then comes back after four weeks, you know, starts week five. This was a guy that was he was going to be the starter. You know, he was going to replace uh, Antonio Gibson. A lot of swelling up in the in the off season for him, and then the unfortunate thing happens to him. But he comes back and he plays just four games inside the top twenty. And when you when you look at his play, I don't know how much of it is the offensive line just not being good, but I also don't think that it's going to be great again this year. So that's another part of it. But I just can I see him being easily replaceable and not going to have a great year next year. So I, I just I want out on on Brian Robinson because I I'm just too too worried about his variables. I think that's generally like a good rule of thumb. These late round running backs, um, especially if you see kind of the advanced metrics and the surrounding context not being really in support of him. So. That's a great pick. Um, my next sell is going to be uh, Christian Kirk. And the reason for this being, I think that he, I mean, he had an incredible year last year. And I think that was relatively unexpected. You now Christian Kirk, like every year before that, I had not done anything to that level. Um, and I think, you know, I'll, I'll keep it relatively simple. Honestly, I think people have just forgotten <laughs> that the Jaguars have Calvin Ridley next year. Like I, I mean, the trade happened a long time ago. He kind of he hasn't done anything. He's kind of sitting in people's like suspended slot on their IR, you know. Um, and so I think like honestly, people forgot how good Calvin Ridley is. And I mean, if we look at Chris Kirk's stats last year, he was was his first year with over a thousand yards. And eight touchdowns last year, but every year before that, never had more than six touchdowns and never got to a thousand yards. So I think it's likely that he comes down off of that. I think this was very much like an outlier year for him. So, yeah, and Calvin Ridley was actually going to be one of my buys, uh, except I kind of thought about it. And one of the reasons why he wasn't my buy is because of the article that just came out about calvin ridley and you know the struggle oh, he he, the and, one that he wrote in the players tribune yeah and then i was thinking i was like man a lot of people are starting to get hyped up on calvin ridley now i'm starting to see a little bit more of it on twitter and and all that stuff so i i think the the price is a little bit higher because of that you know a lot of people are, are thinking about calvin sure. ridley again yeah so 
Yeah, so maybe this cell window for Kirk is quickly closing, you know, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I think ca- capitalize on that great season he had last year. Um, yeah. yeah, so my last cell here going to be a, a fairly, maybe not too shocking, but definitely the biggest name we've got here today, and it is Austin Eckler. And by the time you're listening to this, and our, the news has already come out to us too, but by the time you're listening, you already know that there have been, uh, Cal- Austin Eckler has asked to be, uh, asked to, for trades. He, he wants to be traded. Uh, the contracts have not been going well. Apparently they're not close. You know, he wants more money. They're not going to give it to him. So they're letting him go find trades. And I originally had Austin Eckler on my sell list before this news even came out. And I was just thinking, you know, they've kind of showed that they want to get a guy behind Eckler because they know that, you know, he, he is a, a smaller back. And, you know, if he gets injured, they're really just screwed in terms of, you know, they don't have anyone really usable behind him. They have Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller. You know, I know Isaiah Spiller are going to be the, the next uh, Bo Jackson, but... <laughs> another inside baseball of uh, our our fantasy league people are talking about uh, Isaiah Spiller being good but um, they've shown that they want to get a guy behind Austin Eckler and they they just haven't gotten that guy and I was just you know I, I just had a feeling that they were going to go after a guy in free agency or you know draft a, a higher capital player whether that be you know as early as Bijan Robinson in round one or, uh, you know, a, a guy in the second or third round. But, yeah, Austin Eckler also just getting older. Um, don't know his exact age. I believe he's probably like 27, if I had to take a guess. Uh, yeah, he's 27 years old. You know, coming off of two back-to-back really good years. So I, I just think, you know, now is the time to sell before the window really closes for him you know i think after next year it's probably going to be people are going to be starting to get worried about him being a little too old so this is probably the the last time you're really going to be able to sell high and with the trades coming out who knows what the the market's going to be for eckler now but just a guy trying to get ahead of the curve on yeah for sure and my last sales um I'm going to stick to the Jaguars. Um, my last sell is Evan Ingram. I think last year he had his best year as a tight end, you know, if, even better than any of his, his, his years uh, with the Giants. You know, and almost 800 yards and four touchdowns last year. Uh, was really kind of a surprise for him to play that well again. As a result, the Jaguars franchise tagged him. So I think there's a good chance he plays probably decently well again next year but even i don't think them tagging him precludes the jags from drafting a tight end and i don't think that evan ingram is at all their long-term plan at tight end i'm actually pretty positive that they will draft a tight end the jaguars and so uh for that reason you know i think ingram could be very well splitting receiving work with a tight end next year and then gone the year after that and probably nothing so i think uh you know unless you're a team or you really need tight end help and you're thinking you could you know, use whatever you're going to get out of him next year, I would be selling now uh, to somebody who saw that he got tags, believes there's some value left, 
I think after next year, he's, it's going to be difficult to get anything out of him. Yeah, so. and with, with the this tight end class being as good as it is, exactly. I, I completely agree with you that it's it's hard to imagine they won't get a tight end. I just can't see his value being any higher than it is right now. So, well, I mean, also when you look back at it, you know, an overwhelming majority of his fantasy value, especially late in the year, was just coming off of two massive games that he had. Yeah, where he had forty-four yeah. points and and twenty-one points. So it, he had two really breakout games, but kind of just mediocre aside from that. So, com- yeah, fully agree with you there on uh, Evan Ingram as a sell. So uh, now let's talk about some guys here, Sam. Just to quickly rattle off, if you've got a few of guys sure. that, that you might want to package in trades, you know, some really smaller name players or pieces that, you know, might have some value that you can kind of sneak in there and be like, Oh, I'll just take this guy on the side. Yeah. I'll list off just a few. I'd say number one would be a tight end, Jake Ferguson. I think um, with the potential for Dalton Schultz to be moved, uh, Jake Ferguson could easily be the number one tight end uh, for the Cowboys. We've seen how Dak loves to throw to the tight end. So that's one guy. Um, another one uh, would be, I think, Jerome Ford. I think Jerome Ford is positioned to be uh, kind of the Kareem Hunt to Chubb next year. Uh, they're going to move on from Dearness and Kareem Hunt. We've seen how much value there is in the running back, too, for the Browns. So Jerome Ford would be another guy. And then a, a wide receiver that I'd be looking to get, um, and maybe I'm a little biased, but you know I'm trying to get John Mechie everywhere. I think people have forgotten about his talent coming out of college because he had that struggle with cancer. Obviously, we don't know what it's going to look like, but uh, nothing has changed as far as there being competition in that wide receiver room, and they're going to have a rookie quarterback coming in. That quarterback situation is going to vastly improve. So I think, I think he's essentially free. He's sitting on people's IRs. So. Yeah, and I'll kind of start things off here with the other uh, current Texans receiver, and that's Nico Collins. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I all like Texans receivers are going to go up with whoever they bring at quarterback. So Yeah, yep. And then another guy, uh, Darius Slayton, currently a free agent. Mm. We don't know where mm. he's going to go, but you know, possibly if he goes somewhere oh, that could use a, a number three Maybe he has some sort of value. I just like him as a player. And then uh, I'll throw out a quarterback yeah. here. How about Gardner Minshew? Gardner Minshew is a guy that uh, I could see going somewhere to be a premium backup. You know, mm. showed some mm. flashes when he played in brief spurts for Philadelphia. So I like Gardner as a backup. You know, if you're just chucking him in for a trade, you know, I don't think anyone really wants Minshew, but he's just a, a solid depth player to have as a quarterback, especially if if wherever he goes, he's the handcuff to your quarterback. Just a, a good player to have, I think. So, Great picks. Love those. Yeah. So that is going to do it for us today, wrapping up our early buy sell episode we'll probably do one more of these when we get closer to uh to the start of the season and once we know everything with draft but uh yeah so uh, our next episode will be our free agency episode our free agency wrap-up so we'll know where you know most of the guys have, have landed and you know what kind of deals they got and and then after that we'll do a mock draft episode 
and kind of go over the new, you know, where are the Panthers getting a quarterback and how much does that shake up other players being drafted? So we'll do another rookie mock for you guys there. But that's going to do it for us today. So thank you for watching. We hope you guys enjoyed wherever you are watching or listening. You know, leave a like, follow, do all that fun stuff for us. Really helps the podcast grow and, and spread to people that also love Dynasty football. So uh, thanks for watching and peace out. Thank you.